So just in the course of doing their normal investigative journalism, it seems the Washington Post is out to kill bodybuilding as we know it. So it's up to us, the existing bodybuilding community, to save it, police it before it becomes a big problem that requires outside policing. How are we going to do that? We'll talk about it now as we break down all the latest stuff from their most recent article. And I've got a couple of requests for you right off the top as well. And now... Coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is The Drop Set. With your host, Darren Starr. Thanks for tuning in. I am Darren Starr, and I'm a full-time online prep coach and have been since 2012. You can check me out at 5starphysique.com and read about my coaching programs, check out workout programs that I have available, read articles, and most importantly, you can click on the podcast button at the top or go straight to thedropset.com to vote on the most recent poll question posted at the top of the page. It is really kind of hard to believe that I've been doing this since December of 2016, but here we are. We're over 200 episodes in, and we're still kicking. It's crazy stuff. Now, this show thrives on and exists only because of you, the listener. So I thank you for being here and also encourage you to contribute your questions and discussion topics. You can email me at darren at fivestarfitness.com. Or, more easily, click on contact from 5starphysique.com and submit your question in the form. You can also find me on social media at Darren underscore star on Instagram is probably the best way to go there. Please also give a rating, like, thumbs up, review, or whatever is appropriate for whatever platform you're listening to this on. And please share the episodes you like and tag me in your posts. I appreciate it tremendously, and it helps us here reach a bigger audience, which makes it more likely that I can nab higher-profile guests for future interviews. So, with that being said, let's get on with it. Hey, everybody. Darren Starr here. Welcome to Episode 215 of The Drop Set. Thank you for joining me. As you may have noticed, uh, for those of you in YouTube land right now, um, and maybe not to my benefit, I found the HD button on my webcam, so uh, the video quality should see a significant jump up here, so... Not sure how I feel about that with all this going on here, but uh, nonetheless, here we are. We're going to talk about some stuff. I have to uh, write a couple of wrongs from last week. Um, wrongs, things that I would do differently, right? So, um, and by that I mean I need to bring up some stuff right at the outset here. Um, so, I kind of put off until the very end of the podcast that I needed your help with stuff. So, I need some ideas for an upcoming YouTube video series here that will not be the podcast. Um, and for those of you listening along, this might be a good... Uh, this is your gateway drug to get uh, to get into the YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube, just search for 5 Star Physique. You'll find me there. It's linked from all over. Like You can get there from the website, from, uh, from the... What is this called? Social media. Uh, <laughs> it's all linked in there. So, um, but I need your ideas, like some kind of a recurring series um, that I can uh, that I can bring up um, and and continue to hit on a regular basis on YouTube. My client Jason texted me this idea. He said bad lifting techniques with Darren. So, um, and he said he sent me his my first episode. So. <laughs> You know, I it might make sense to do like a video breakdown, um, like a form that clients sent in. I'd have to get their approval for it, their permission to use their stuff. Um, the only issue there is I don't know technically how to do that. Like as I'm recording video here, how to bring in another element on screen and how to, you know, I, so I like that idea. There's some technical complications that I have there. I have a tech support request also. I'm just going to put this out to the audience in case anybody can answer this question for me right now. My setup here is I'm using a couple of what are these 25 inch monitors? I think I don't know. And as you can see, like back there, that's my other workstation back there, and you can see the logo on the as the wallpaper on the two monitors there. Similar setup back there. What I'm looking at doing is taking this desk, which is my work um, computer, and moving this computer back there and using both of them in that same desk. And I'd be implementing a KVM switch, keyboard video monitor switch, to go back and forth between the two computers. 
that's all well and good. I got a handle on that. Um, although I haven't used a KVM switch in probably 20 years, so I've got to kind of get up on the technology as far as USB integration through those two. But my question out there is for anybody who has used ultra wide 32 by nine aspect ratio monitors, um, I am curious about uh, anybody who has expertise with those as it relates to graphics card requirements for somebody who doesn't do gaming um, and also uh, any uh, considerations if using those through a KVM switch. So if anybody out there has any thoughts or expertise on those topics, hit me up and let me know. Darren at 5starfitness.com. Hit me up through social media. Leave a comment in this YouTube video here or uh, hit me up on Instagram at Darren underscore star or whatever. So that's the first thing. I need ideas for a video series. Um, the second thing is I am writing a blog post and I've started writing this. It's in draft form right now. And it is... Let me pull it up here. It is a very... Um, very modestly titled how to save bodybuilding um, because there's a whole series of problems here. And, you know, we've talked about many of them here before. This doesn't just apply to the NPC, but it, it largely discusses the NPC. Um, but it's basically like, here's all the problems with bodybuilding and here are my solutions to fix it. The thing is though, I want to make sure that I have a good comprehensive handle on everything that is in fact wrong with bodybuilding. So, let me talk. Let me go over just very quickly the bullet point items. I have six concerns right now, and I feel like there's more that can be added to this list, or maybe things that I could consolidate here, um, other elements that we could bring in and discuss, or make sure or discuss that are part of one of these already. So, if you have ideas for anything that I'm leaving off this list, let me know. Um, number one, competitor health. This will be a topic that we talk about today, based on this Washington Post um, article that came out last week. Um, so, this is like you know, bodybuilders dying. You know, not really. Uh, Drug protocols aren't the biggest concern here. It's more about diuretic protocols than anything else. Um, so um, I have ideas on how things like that can be addressed. Um, I will spoiler alert and give you all one of the things, uh, one of the ideas right now, which is there should never be a bodybuilding show that uh, does not have an EMT on site. There you go. It's an easy one. Um, competitor exploitation. This goes back to a previous Washington Post article. The power imbalance between you know judges, photographers, and specifically women competitors. Um, so uh, that's another issue. Uh, another issue is the fan experience. Uh, going to a bodybuilding show as a fan is a pain in the ass. And nobody goes unless they're friends or family because of how a show is constructed and what a giant pain in the ass it is. Like, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, prejudging is where the magic happens. That's where, you know, you kind of need your crowd there to cheer you on. But finals, you know, much later in the day after a giant break, that's when you actually find out the results and somebody gets there, you know, moment in the spotlight. You're going to ask somebody who's a friend to come and cheer you on at 10 and then come back at six for like, you know, they're going to be there in the morning for two or three hours, maybe. And they're going to come back at six and be there for maybe four or five hours. I mean, Good God, you know, I mean, it's a terrible, terrible experience for the fan. And it completely alienates anyone who might be a casual fan of bodybuilding. Like, would you go uh, here? Here's the the um, the argument that I make. And I made this point to my wife and uh, it was lost on her. So it's a football analogy. And she's like, you realize you're trying to explain a bodybuilding thing to me with football. Right. And she doesn't follow either one. So it was kind of lost on her. But it's like if the game started at 10, but all they did were offense and defense, right? So you're scoring points, you're, you know, having turnovers, you're getting a touchdown, you're getting defensive stops or whatever, but you're saving it and that's all you're doing. And then you, you play through all four quarters like that. And you take a break at like what? 11, 12, 11, 30, 12, something like that. After you've played through your four quarters and then you come back um, at 6 PM and you've got a score like, you know, Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's 24 to 18. All right, cool. So, you know, one team scored four touchdowns, the other scored three. Um, and then you come back in the evening and that's when you have all your special teams plays. That's when you do your kickoffs, your punts, your punt returns, your extra points, your two point conversions, and then you determine the final score. So after, after you play through the first, first four quarters, just offense and defense, you've got a pretty good idea. Like, you know, who's ahead. You're like, Ooh, man, it's going to be hard for so-and-so to catch up here. And then you come like, what a giant fucking pain in the ass that would be if you played a football game like that. Why do we accept it for bodybuilding? It's ridiculous. 
ridiculous. So the fan experience is terrible. Um, and that's not just an NPC problem. Um, they more universally adopt the prejudging finals format, which is an outdated thing of an era gone by and it needs to just go away completely. Um, judging consistency and transparency. I think we all know about that. I won't belabor the issue on that. Um, gender inequality. Um, so this is largely to do with costs associated with competing. Um, it is way more expensive for women to compete for men. Um, now, this is something that does not have an easy and obvious solution because a lot of that cost dis discrepancy are uh, things that you know a lot of women enjoy about it. Like they enjoy the whole you know act of getting glammed up, and it's not like we're trying to put the hair and makeup people out of business. Um, I'm not trying to put suit designers out of business or anything like that. But uh, it's a problem. And that's one of those, it does not have an easy solution, but it is nonetheless a problem. And so what I want to do here is put together a list of all the problems and as many solutions as I can muster, understanding that I, as one guy, cannot probably solve all the problems. I don't have that big of an ego. Um, and the last one that I came up with, and this is kind of, a, kind of an uh, offbeat one, um, transgender concerns. There are transgender competitors and... Um, how would you feel about that if you were a woman competing in figure and um, finished behind someone who was born male but competed as a woman in figure? Um, they would ostensibly, because of their you know genetic hormonal predisposition, have uh, you know have better genetic capacity than you as a woman. So. Um, and I am not one to just say, oh, well, they just can't compete. I, I don't think that's something that you should necessarily have to surrender just because you're trans. So um, that's another one. I'm like, I'm not going to pretend that I have the solution for that. But I think it's dumb to not recognize it as a problem that needs to be thought about. So um, those are what I have. Those six things. Competitor health, competitor exploitation, the fan experience, judging consistency and transparency, gender inequality, basically on finances um, and transgender concerns. So I'd love to have thoughts that anybody has on fleshing out that list and also um, ideas for my YouTube series. Now, with that being said, it's show and tell time. I brought something with me here. Um, so uh, I had something made and I'm gonna have to back up from the camera and away from the mic for this. So those of you in podcast land, sorry, you're just gonna have to check it out on YouTube if you wanna see it. Um, I had a, a friend make this for me and it's going to go on the wall. You see where that little, that's actually, where's my finger here? That little thing right there. There was, you can see those two little metal things right there. Those are um, aluminum French cleats that I had on the wall. I had a mirror that I pulled off the wall from there. And then that is a little metal carving thing. So that's going to come away and I have something else that I'm going to put there instead. So let me back away here and I will do the big reveal here. Ta-da. How cool is that shit? Check it out. Also, I'm coming in for a close up here. You can see it's dimensional, right? It's actually like each one of these letters has been uh, individually cut out and glued on this piece of uh, this backing here um, as a as a separate element. So um, huge, huge thank you to uh, my friend, my wife's colleague, actually, Charlie Arp, who's the uh, science teacher at her school where she teaches. Um, and he has a uh, he has a laser uh, <laughs> with which uh, I just sent him an, an Adobe Illustrator file of my logo. And he scanned it into the computer and the computer cut it all out and he did the rest and he painted everything and, and assembled it and put it all together. So um, huge, huge thanks to Charlie for that. He does like, um, I should have, I should share his link. I'll do that in the, uh, in the episode description. He has an Etsy shop, um, where he makes like, you know, Christmas ornaments for people. He can do custom things. If you send him a photograph, he can do like a laser etched, you know, photograph that's on wood, um, which is super cool. It comes out photorealistic on a piece of wood. It's really awesome. He does some really cool stuff. So, um, I will share his, uh, his store on my, uh, on the show description in the show notes here. So, um, Anyway, thank you very much to Charlie for that. So a couple of things here. Um, th this is going to... What I really want to do is break down this um, Washington Post article um, that came out. It was last week. When was it? December 7th. So last Wednesday. Um, I remember uh, I was scrolling through my uh, the news on my uh, phone when I got the pop-up that this was posted. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. And... Uh, I actually ended up getting a Washington Post subscription so I could read it. Um, I know it's reposted elsewhere, but um, I want to go straight to the source. And also, you know, 
you know, um, good investigative journalism costs money. So um, I don't feel necessarily that I should uh, I should read it for free. Like I want to support good journalism. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so what this article does is it details. I mean, it goes over in very very elaborate detail a whole bunch of stories of people who have died in shows and some who came close. Um, so some fly cl- too close to the sun and then some realize how close they are and their wings are starting to melt a little bit and they back off. Um, but they're still paying the price for it. Right. So, um, one of the people featured in here, um, Jody Engel, I actually, um, I had a podcast interview with her, um, which, uh, we started to record, um, like I had her on here and, uh, we had technical issues and I couldn't figure it out and we were able to, never able to reschedule it after that. And I'm, I'm really pissed off about that. Um, that was all, it ended up being entirely my fault. Um, and it was, you know, we, we gave it a good go for about 15 or 20 minutes. And then eventually I'm like, I gotta, I gotta give up on this. I'm wasting her time. I gotta fix this. So I, I figured out what it was, but we weren't able to reschedule after that. So, um, I do appreciate her, her willingness to try that with me, but she's featured in this um some of the names that we have in here uh elena kosanova um she's the story that opens up the article this is the 2021 europa pro um so she's you know backstage cramping so the the big thing like the the thing that keeps coming to mind here is uh diuretics that's what most of this stuff is about not all of it but most of it um there's a uh, what um she's talking to another athlete here uh this is you know a, a supposedly paraphrased i don't think there was a recording of this but this is backstage um where she told another athlete this is elena kosanova she told ivana dvorakova quote i won't be able to do it i feel really ill so this other woman helped her lay down on the concrete floor quoting now as others gathered and gave kosanova water packets of salt and sugar she answered questions about the diuretics she had taken before convulsing and losing consciousness so um she was 46 she died before the comp- before the competition was over um so it took about an hour for the ambulance to arrive at the venue which again tells me there was no emt on site if you know if other competitors are administering administering emergency treatment to her it's probably not a good solution you know now these competitors you know they know what she's taken right but they don't have you know the the necessary things or or training to be able to really help somebody who's in distress like that so um her coach Shelby Starms. Um, not surprising. Shelby's name comes up here repeatedly um, throughout this article, which we've talked about that before. I'm not here to drag Shelby's name through the mud. Honestly, I don't think I need to. Um, when you're a coach and you've got a body count attached to your name, that says enough. Um, and I, I get that there there are a bunch of people out there who say, hey, you know what? This is a choice that people are willing to make and they know what they're doing. And, you know, coming in and competing at the highest level, it takes risks. And to that, I say, fuck that bullshit. How dumb do you have to be to make that argument? That's just such a stupid, nonsensical argument. Like, you know, we, d- we don't tolerate... Like, I realize that there are issues with... um with football, with the NFL, with CTE, head injuries. Um, but what if you had NFL players, you know, one of them every year dying on the field? That's what's going on here. That, that's what's going on here. So yeah, risks, but you shouldn't be dying backstage at a fucking show. Right? How absolutely ridiculous and asinine is it that some people would justify and say, well, there's risks associated yeah no no you you, there shouldn't be risk of death involved and if you as a coach are prescribing anything that puts your client in that position i realized i said i wasn't going to drag shelby's name through the mud i guess my backup here is that it's not just him there's a lot of coaches that so it's not him specifically but i'm sorry no that's bullshit that's bullshit so yeah i think honestly i think if you're a coach doing this there should be some level of criminal liability involved here i'm certainly not a lawyer understatement of the year um but uh i mean he's he's advocating for the use of prescription drugs um which can have a very you know a very negative acute effect on somebody and it's very different from anabolics you know anabolics aren't going to kill anybody in a week you know they can cause issues which uh can be risk factors for other things like diuretics then um but uh you're you're going to 
develop health issues over a much, much slower, longer period of time with anabolics um, to the point where it can be, you know, tracked and monitored and mitigated to some extent. So, and we've talked about that before. I won't, I won't belabor the point there. So um, then uh, Jody Engel uh, comes up next. Um, so this is, she was also working with Shelby at the time. Um, this was leading into the NPC championship nationals um, in Florida. This was, would have been 2020, I believe. Um, so uh, she said she'd been hospitalized, might need open heart surgery. Doctors blame diuretics. That doesn't sound like an official diagnosis, but more of like a, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Right. Um, so she did win her pro card at nationals. Um, so, but then uh, it says the price she paid was steep tens of thousands of dollars in medical bills and doctors told her she would eventually need a kidney transplant. So, um, Shelby Starnes did not uh, respond to messages seeking comment for this article. Um, Engel takes responsibility for what happened. No one forced it on her, right? She said, quote, I was stupid because I turned over to the reins to somebody that was more reckless than myself, she said. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's the thing. She knew what she was doing and she did it willingly. And there is like a little bit of an invincibility syndrome that comes with this. Like, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I know it's dangerous, but, you know, I'm a badass, right? And there is this infallibility complex that comes from, you know, competing in bodybuilding at a high level. Um, and you got to recognize that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human and medicine and science is pretty universal. And, you know, you know, if you take 500 ibuprofen, you're going to die. I don't care who you are. <laughs> so. You gotta, you gotta be smarter than that. Um, so it, it goes on like, you know, little, uh, backstory here, blah, blah, blah. Um, Jim Mannion, uh, so he runs the IFBB league and the NPC declined to answer specific questions and issued a company statement, quote, the health, safety, and welfare of all our competitors has, and always will be of utmost importance to us. Well, if that's true, Jim Mannion, why don't you have an EMT backstage at all these shows? That's a pretty easy thing. That's not going to break the bank. Um, and it seems like if you have, I mean, you've got two options, either all the shows become drug tested or you need to have staff on hand that, uh, I mean, honestly, a competitor dying backstage, um, if bodybuilding wasn't such an underground niche thing, that would just kill bodybuilding completely, which is why, um, why my article is titled how to save bodybuilding. And the argument I make there is articles like this, this Washington post article are bringing to light things that, you know, we have known for a long time, but the general public largely hasn't. And one of the points I made in an email that I dispatched to the NPC seeking, um, you know, a further status on their, uh, their competition committee that they have announced and done nothing about, um, is, you know, as soon as Congress finds out what's going on here, you remember what happened with Ephedra in the '90s. As soon as uh, as soon as Congress was uh, brought into the loop on on people dying from Ephedra, even though it was just a few, um, they banned that shit. So, do you want the same thing to happen to competitive bodybuilding? Do you want it to get banned, or do you want to force every show to be drug tested? Like this is the opportunity, NPC, IFBB, to police yourself before you face harsh government regulation. Okay. This is, this is, needs to be an act of self-preservation. Like that's the level of urgency with which you need to be approaching this problem. And it is a huge ass problem. You got to fix this. You got to fix this because as soon as the wrong people find out about it, you're fucking done. That's it. And bodybuilding is never going to be the same. So police thyself here, get some shit in place so that this kind of crap stops happening. It's just completely and totally unacceptable. Um, I mean, the, the health, safety, and welfare of our competitors has and always will be of utmost importance. That is the most bullshit loaded statement I've ever heard in my fucking life. What an absolute joke. No, no, I completely don't believe that. I don't think you're callous, but I don't think it's of utmost importance. I think you're like, we're going to let people do what they want to do, um, but we don't have any, any you know, safety mechanisms in place. So yeah, it's not of utmost importance. Sorry, I don't buy it. I don't buy that. Um, so let's see. Um, here's the other thing. It's like, you know, um, quoting from the article here, um, bodybuilders typically spend months preparing for competitions with strict diets and hours of workouts often fueled by stimulants. It's like, who gives a shit about that? 
big fucking deal. People work hard and diet all the time. That is a statement that, first of all, is obvious. Anybody who has any idea what bodybuilding is or knows of the existence of bodybuilding could assume that much. Um, but yeah, there's dieting involved and you're having, you, you know, you're having intense workouts, right? Um, stimulants. Yeah. So stimulants, caffeine, right? Come on, people. Um, it's like they're, they're, they're trying to make nothing out of something here. I'm sorry. They're trying to make something out of nothing here. It's like, who cares? You can diet and exercise. That's not a fucking problem. Okay. Even at extreme levels, like what we're seeing here, that's not the problem. So just leave that out of it. Um, many add to that cocktail, uh, add to that a cocktail of performance enhancing drugs to drugs, to build muscle and fat burners, to get lean. The grueling days before contests are known as peak week. Full stop right there. Grueling days before contests. I'm sorry. If you're doing it right, it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that bad. If it's grueling, it's probably because you feel like ass because of your diuretics, right? I mean, peak week is more about rest and just peaking the body and rest and water manipulation are your two ingredients there. I mean, I, I don't use prescription diuretics with my clients. I just don't, I, I don't feel the need to. Um, I know that it's, it's completely universally, but it, here's the thing. Like, look at photos of, any competitor online, and I know we talked in the last episode about um, how photos can be edited, but look at the conditioning and the dryness that competitors are showing when they're one, two, four, six, four weeks out, whatever. Like these people are dry and peeled as shit. Okay. What you don't really need to worry about pulling water out of your system at that point. Just manipulate your water, water, use an over the counter diuretic like expel. That's going to be fine. You don't need three different prescription diuretics in order to get yourself looking peeled on stage. It's just completely unnecessary. So, and that's the thing. It's like people are dying because of shit that they 100% don't need. If you're lean enough, then, you know, unless you're some kind of weird freak that just holds a shit ton of water, which spoiler alert, you probably aren't, then you don't need it. You don't need it. So, um, yeah, uh, George Peterson, 2021, 37 years old, found dead, uh, in an Orlando, uh, in an Orlando hotel room two days before the Olympia. Uh huh. Um, kind of shocking that that uh, is, has been so forgotten by people two days before the Olympia. So today is Tuesday. Imagine that if in you know two days from now, um, you know who's going to be at the Olympia? I don't know. Not somebody who's in the run to win it, but like a top ten competitor or something like that. You know, a second, third call out kind of person died on Thursday. I mean, come on, that's what we're talking about here. This was this was last year. Fuck. Um, police discovered hundreds of pills without prescription labels. I mean, you know, anybody who's taken PEDs knows like that's a common sight. <laughs> that that just means he was well stocked. Um, uh, thyroid medication to speed up metabolism, of course. Clenbuterol, of course. Yep, yep. Um, that's that's all well and good. And you know, I accept that just because those things are once again they're not risk free at all, but they're not going to kill you. They're not going to kill you right away. So, um, you know, if you're dying, it's not because of that. It's because of the diuretics two days before a show. Um, who else do we have here? Um, Peterson's coach was Justin Miller declined to answer questions about his athletes use of performance enhancing drugs. Of course, of course, you're going to you're going to uh, decline to answer questions because it's illegal. Whether you're taking them or advising other people to take them, it's not a good look, you know, so um and I would also cite client confidentiality. You know, uh, I'm not talking to people about that because, you know, whether the client's dead or alive, that, those, that's not my information to divulge. So um, let's see. Uh, those who have survived the bodybuilding lifestyle describe the last, lasting impact. Kidney failure, stomach ulcers, high blood pressure, thyroid dysfunction, enlarged hearts, hormone imbalances, hair loss, infertility, eating disorders, muscle dysmorphia, and depression, along with various orthopedic injuries. Well, I don't know. Some of those are legit. Some of them much less so. Um, Luke Sando was another one. Um, so this is in the UK. This was last year as well, I think. No, 2020. Um, so, and he, the, the editing in this article is weird. So they mentioned Luke Sando, actually his mother right up here, but then they, they come back to him later on. Um, Daniel Alexander. Um, and he is, this, this was kind of funny as I'm scrolling down through this article here and looking at the photos. I'm like, Oh, it's Dave. Hey Dave, how you doing? Dave Kallick, um, who is, uh, Daniel Alexander's coach shown here in a photo. Um, Dave was uh, a coach of mine for a short time as well. 
Um, and uh, the interesting thing here, um, so he's advising um, Daniel Alexander to take magnesium for cramps um, and detailing a gear protocol that has six compounds in it. Um, and the it says, according to text messages reviewed by the post, well, they actually post that here, uh, this text message exchange. Um, so where is it here? Edited for length. So the exchange goes like this. Um, Daniel Alexander says, got liquid and oral clen winstrol also in the last package. Clen is going good, body adjusting to it. Very crampy the last three days. Lots of cramps, lots of frequently long cramps. Um, the thing that I, uh, the, that's kind of interesting here is Dave then responds, take 500 milligrams magnesium with last meal for cramps. Uh, no mention of taurine. I'm sorry, Dave. Um, you're not a fucking rookie at this. You know that Clen depletes taurine and you want to take like three to five grams of taurine a day. That's why things are cramping up. It's not fucking magnesium. It's taurine. Give me, I mean, that's like, dude, what the fuck? That still isn't going to kill you, but it's like, fix the easy shit, dude. So he said, take 500 milligrams magnesium with last meal for cramps. Start 200 milligrams injectable Winstrol two days a week. Keep Primo at 200 milligram two days a week. Mast Enanthate, 200 milligrams two days a week. Start Trend Ace, 100 milligrams EOD. Mast Prop, 100 milligrams EOD. Oral Winstrol, 50 milligrams with meal one, 50 milligrams with meal five. So he's taking injectable Winstrol, 400 milligrams a week, and oral Winstrol, 100 milligrams per day. And then on top of that, four other injectables. Um, and uh, no mention in here of, of testosterone either. I think he said mast prop, 100 milligrams EOD. I'm thinking he might mean test prop there. Um, Let's see. I don't think. Yeah, he didn't doesn't correct himself later. But again, he may have corrected himself, but the post edited that out because they don't know what the fuck any of this shit means. Because um, he says ma master on enanthate, 200 milligrams, two days a week. And then lo later on, master on propionate, 100 milligrams every other day. You don't need both of those. That's dumb. But there's no testosterone in here. So that, that's probably supposed to be test prop, 100 milligrams every other day, which would be a reasonable dose along with all this other stuff. So four injectables plus Winstrol injectable, plus Winstrol oral. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. Granted, it's close to showtime still. It's like, ugh, man. So um, then he's talking about, this is Daniel Alexander responding. He's got inventory um, uh, summaries here. Test will be good through the show. Might need more Anivar and Winnie if we're upping those doses. Um, yeah. Okay. So that, that's it. So it's kind of interesting to see the, uh, the text message exchange here. There's more of this later on as well. So, um, Daniel then said, uh, the bodybuilder also texted a friend who worked as a nurse practitioner, quote, 5% body fat right now. Lots of stims. I've had a very irregular heartbeat for over an hour becoming painful, still hard to breathe. Worry End quote. So sometimes you also have to recognize that not all bodybuilders are terribly smart people. Like very irregular heartbeat, painful, hard to breathe, worry. Yes, fucking worry. God damn. I mean, you got to be able to take care of yourself at the same time too. Um, and I think that there's a certain level of intelligence that has to come into this as well. And this is not to shit on Daniel Alexander, who's dead now. Um, so I mean, I feel bad about this, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there needs to be a base level of intelligence and, and body awareness before anybody jumps on PEDs. Like if you can't have the, the right alertness and frame of mind to say like, wow, this is a real problem. Uh, you shouldn't be taking this stuff. Um, so his friend, the nurse practitioner told him to quote, go to urgent care and repeated the advice when he reached out later that evening. Quote, I'm pretty sure I got Winstrol in my blood during my shot today. It's better, just not gone. Um, I will go if I feel like I'm dying, but being 23 days away from my show, I don't want to get pumped with fluids and ruin my physique for not a heart attack. The next morning, Calic messaged at 5.45 a.m. How is your heart rate? And uh, he never responded. So um, his friends um, said they were on the phone with Calic when the couple, the friends, found Alexander in the shower with the water running. They performed CPR until paramedics arrived. Um, 
Drugs were everywhere. Kallik, uh told one of the guys who, who found Alexander to hide anything out in the open and delete the text messages from his phone. Uh, he said that without thinking, he brushed some pills off a desk into a drawer before someone told him this was a crime scene. Correct. Yes. Um, so lots of drugs found. No surprise there. So autopsy said he died of steroid-induced cardiomyopathy. Interesting. Um, I don't know about that, but this protocol is is pretty crazy. Um, injectable Winstraw, I've never been a fan of, of recommending it. I just I don't think it's a good move. Um, it's usually not necessary. Um, and going with with two types of Winstraw. Here's the thing. If this is what it takes to, to look good enough to win a show, and how, how does Daniel look here in this photo? It's just... There's just one photo of him, and it's it's backstage at a show. It's with Dave holding the trophy. He looks fine. I don't know. He got a terrible tan. Um, it's and you know he's not posing or flexing or anything like that. It's hard to say for sure. But if you're taking all that shit, you better look fucking boss. That's all I can say, man. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it, people. So th- this is certainly th- this is steroid abuse. This is not use. This is abuse. And I know that that for some people that's a distinction without a difference. Um, but you you can you can you know in the right circumstances you can use things like this in a somewhat responsible fashion of course i mean you could be prescribed a good portion of this stuff as well um this is just ridiculous though like no no don't do it don't do it um so Calic didn't respond um he says he still features the article says it still features a photo um Calic still features a photo of alexander on a coaching website under transformations and testimonials so um coaching protocol here if you have a dead client take their photo down um alexander is quoted as saying since working with dave my body has grown correctly safely and i've seen nothing but success in the shows i've done so far by far the best decision i made in my bodybuilding career well that has not aged well so his parents see it differently not shocking there at, at all um his mother said quote my son paid for his own death literally um 23 year old brandon charlie 2018 livermore california um on a strict diet for an upcoming show okay um uh-huh yeah and so he had uh you know the the <laughs> this gets made a big deal of when it's not um uh he had a whole bunch of stuff in his apartment uh including a, a bottle with the label t3 a thyroid hormone hormone marked quote not for human use it's because he bought that as a research chemical that's common and not really an issue um that's more of a legal loophole than anything else uh so full toxicology was never asked for um from the coroner uh so that's him next up uh yeah so the, the the mother in this case um of um brandon charlie um knew that her son was supposed to compete in a bodybuilding contest in fresno and sent photos of the drugs to the show's promoter promoter um she said she wanted answers but instead got an inv- invite to quote complete his journey and attend the bodybuilding competition so that email came from steve o'brien the promoter and to mr o'brien i have to extend a big special fuck you you dumb piece of shit like this is gonna be the the inaugural drop set dipshit of the year award right here like how fucking dumb do you have to be to think that that is the right move really i mean captain clueless here what in the holy f oh my god so um yeah uh (laughs) jesus that's crazy yeah no 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 um let's see uh testing athletes rarely came up at meetings with federation officials um o'brien served for many years as vice president of the npc and a judge um problems with drug use were obvious he told the post and he had warned his own children not to compete in the sport um o'brien said promoters were advised to be prepared at shows with medical personnel advised but um did anybody yeah i don't think so probably not probably not Probably not. So, um, who else do we have here? Uh, it's it's a long one. Terry Harris. Um, so this was going back to the Tampa Pro in 2013. Um, she uh, was cramping the night before the show, um, and did she die the day after the show? Two days. Two days after the show on a stairmaster, cardiac arrest. So um, that was likely diuretics. Uh, so. 
going down. Boston Lloyd makes an appearance here, age 29. That was in 2020, 2021. Um, yeah, so... Uh, suffered for years um from kidney problems and in 2020 he was diagnosed with stage five kidney failure um <laughs> after injecting himself with large doses of a peptide that caused weight loss in monkeys according to medical records um so uh th this pretty much sums up boston lloyd in one sentence here um when he shared the news publicly on facebook he said quote i did this to myself with an idiotic experiment and it finally all caught up to me do i regret anything absolutely not okay all right i think uh i don't know i think your family might regret some of that so don't be a selfish prick um so this past february it was earlier this year february collapsed the thing this year has kind of gone by uh gone by in dog years um died at 29 leaving behind a three-year-old son so um and then this features his mother um who's a former and probably i think still active natural competitor um so uh regarding uh drug use and bodybuilding and if they were to regulate it she says quote they'll lose money it's the whole thing of bodybuilding it's a freak show they want freaks out there the freakier you are the more money you make true um i made this point in my uh in the draft of the post that i'm working on right now um and uh, everything that she said is completely spot on you know they they you know they, they do want more and more so uh, what i said here is drug tested shows will likely remain you know let, let's say worst case scenario the npc and ifbb get the government shut down right they just you know they're just scrapped from existence they get control alt deleted um i said drug tested shows will likely remain but that's a smaller subset of bodybuilding at large among bodybuilding fans who can name the natural olympia winner anybody here's the thing the inba natural olympia was held in uh i think it was early november in vegas and if you go to the inb's website inba's website it's not even there <laughs> I mean, give, give me a break guys and the other thing is uh, so i was poking around looking for this and they have a natural bodybuilding hall of fame and so i started scrolling through there i'm like i wonder if there's any names in here that i recognize the only one i recognized was mike o'hearn and uh he <laughs> I mean, you know, the the legendary uh, uh, status of, of Mike O'Hearn as a natty is one of the more laughable things um, in the history of uh, bodybuilding in the, in the Internet. So um, who else do we have here? Um, Maria Sabanovich Suarez. Um, so this was uh, another uh, another Shelby Starnes client. Um, so three days after Tampa Pro um, in 2019, um, died in a hotel bed. Okay, um, Jody Engel. We've talked about Jody in the past. Her story is is pretty interesting and, and worth reading. Like she's 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 still alive. She's good. So um, there's emails here. Um, uh, detailing this, these are emails between jody and shelby starnes um talking about um you know uh gear protocols etc and again it, it's pretty pretty aggressive so you know shelby or, or i'm sorry not shelby jody her pictures look pretty crazy um and if, if you've seen like how she trains she's pretty intense right um but uh here here's where we are we are what um I'm not sure how far out this is. It's August 31st, 2020. Um, so this would have been in advance of nationals, which would have been in November. So you've still got like August, September, October, November. Well, it would have been in December, I think, actually. I'm not sure when it was 2020. That's when it was moved around and shifted and delayed and who knows when. But so it's still you know a good bit out. Um, so Novadex. Start now, anti-estrogen. Take 10 milligrams every 12 hours, 20 milligrams daily. Arimidex, start now, uh, half a milligram every other day. Okay, so you're starting an aromatase inhibitor at like, this is probably 
10 weeks out, 12 weeks out, something like that. For a diuretic, get both aldactone and diazide. Keep these the same. Two international units growth, one unit fasted, one pre-training. 20 milligrams terinobol pre-workout, 40 milligrams Anavar. 20 milligrams fasted, 20 milligrams pre-training. That's a shit ton of Anavar. 100 milligrams test enanthate weekly. 100 milligrams EQ weekly. Winstrol, 50 milligrams daily for the last six weeks. Proviron, 25 milligrams last six weeks also. Masteron, eight weeks out, 50 milligrams every third day. Holy shit. That is a lot of crap. That's a good bit of gear for a guy. Um, for a woman, it's like, man, that's crazy. So when, when you see coaches who post these crazy, crazy client picks, just keep in mind, they're all running protocols like that. Okay? So you just got to ask yourself, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? And why are you willing to do it? That's the big question here. So um, next up, um, let's see. Ashley Gearhart, who, um, let's see. She was found dead in 2021, July 2021. Um, said she missed the call to the stage for her division at the Pittsburgh Pro Masters in July 2021. Uh, so um, now she'd been working with Shane Hewley, um, which there, there's a whole interesting thing about this. Um, man, how deep do we want to go down this rabbit hole? It's kind of interesting. I mean, it's very fascinating, gossipy shit, which isn't the kind of stuff that I usually do. But I want to kind of run through the rest of this really quick here. I've got more to cover, too. So um, so uh, let's see. Yep, yep, yep. So the morning after she flew home, um, the 37 year old mother of two, always quick to point those details out because it matters, found dead in the basement of her new home in Colorado. Um, uh, so I had started seriously dieting to prefer, prepare for a competition in July. Um, so this would have been, so the pro show July, 2021, this was in January. Um, she had died. So um, uh, tough to say what happened there. It, it's not uh not really outlined in any great detail there. Um, Renee Wegner. Um, so, so she got a stomach ulcer after taking DNP to lose weight. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> she said she began um, judging several years ago. She said officials have talked about rewarding a softer look, but she's never seen it in practice. Sound familiar? Quote, they do the complete opposite. Wegner said if they didn't reward it, bodybuilders wouldn't be doing it. Bottom line. Yep. All right. So um, let's see. Uh, Dallas McCarver. We've heard his story before. Um, if you haven't, I don't have anything additional to offer you on that. Um, so uh, there's all kinds of stuff in here about um, McCarver and Aaron Singerman as well. Let me just quick do a quick check here. So that and okay so there's one more article in this series coming soon this is going to be about the Mannion family i do believe so we'll see what's going on there here's luke sando coming back here so um let's see uh sando's coach is chris acido um whose name hasn't come up yet but you know same kind of thing here so um this is all about you know aldactone every 12 hours discussed adding a second diuretic um because that's always the solution right give me a break um and again sando was totally like he, he was in on it so um yeah and and it, it, he breaks it down here. So he was uh, put into a situation here where um, what? Let, let me back up here. So made it through a competition in Australia, but he vomited twice during prejudging at the show in California a few months later. Again, if there's an EMT present, stop the show, take him off stage. You know, he needs medical attention. If somebody's thrown up on stage, it's, it's the first thing of, of probably several bad things that are going to happen. Okay. Um, Sando is having labored breathing and trouble, ho trouble holding his poses. No shit. After taking his vital signs, told him to go straight to the hospital. When he followed back up, um, this is who are they talking about? Escalante is, I don't know who Escalante is. I'm trying to go through this really quick and I missed it. Um, uh, he was mentioned up here in the McCarver thing. I don't know. Um, so, uh, Sando messaged back. Uh, if I didn't go to the hospital, I would have died. My potassium was sky high, so dehydrated, my kidneys all but shut down. Uh, 
uh, on May 31st, a couple days later, um, uh, Aceto checked in with his client. Really sorry for the way everything went down last week. Yeah, really sorry I almost killed you. Um, Sando responded, we play with fire in this game and sometimes things get burned. Okay, very, very casual response to almost dying, but whatever. Um, a little more blunt about what happened when he got back home to the UK. Sando said the vomiting combined with the diuretics he was advised to use by Aceto put him in a life-threatening situation. Quote, I think Chris also forgot how much diuretics he was giving me. I didn't use all of what he told me to <laughs> because I just didn't have them with me. So he underdosed the protocol. I don't know whether he for- just forgot what he was doing with me or whether he had too many other clients. Yikes. Uh, And then Sando immediately faced a wave of backlash for speaking out and blaming Aceto, one of the top coaches for male bodybuilders. He emailed an apology to Aceto um, that August for the way things spiraled out of control. Wow. Wow. So he almost gets killed. And for speaking up about it, he has to apologize. What the fuck? fuck is this shit oh my god it's just crazy it goes on from here there's more to it read the article um there were uh, a few other things here uh, so a while back i was going to do an episode on this and so i compiled a list through some searching of other bodybuilders who have died um and you know fairly recently that weren't covered in this article some of them were uh, a lot of them not so um stacy cummings in texas uh unknown um last i read on that um the speculation was possible suicide i'm not sure on that cedric mcmillan um heart attack on the treadmill um he had unresolved health issues leading up to that tom prince um cancer kidney failure refor- forced his early retirement in the early 2000s um ashley gearhart we just talked about sean roden heart attack john meadows blood clot he, blood clot he had a heart attack in the early in early 2020 also he had uh, long-standing colon issues um but kept pushing to compete um ben harnett um quote this was uh some quotes from an article that i found from the sun um headline died after taking steroids um steroids and cocaine <laughs> was was actually the uh the thing that got buried in the article um so uh the coroner said i'm quite sure that steroid taking combined with the use of cocaine has been a factor in ben's death i'm gonna guess that the cocaine probably had a bigger impact than anything else but whatever um so uh let's see uh odalis santos mena um i don't know who this is but this is from a new york post article um so this was, uh, I think, in some circles attributed to steroid use, but it was actually um, he was undergoing a cosmetic medical procedure, and it was a uh, problem with the anesthesia um, during that procedure. So um, it was attributed to a conflict with steroids, but reportedly not overseen by a qualified anesthesiologist. So um, George Peterson, cardiac arrest. Um, uh, Samir Banout, um, former you know legendary competitor, um, regarding George Peterson, said, "Quote: We shall see what the detailed cause of death is. But in my 40 plus years of experience, both in the old and new school, I have seen these horrifying methods with my own eyes, and unfortunately, have seen various with the outcome of death." Um, Mariola Sabanovic Suarez, we talked about her previously, so that was uh, the 2019 Tampa Pro, um, her debut pro show. Um, Let's see, Mike Gray, heart attack, Luke Sando, Rich Piana, can't forget Rich Piana, right? So um, that's, that's, that's a pretty extensive list. It is not exhaustive also, um, it's crazy. So go check out that article, it's worth it, it's worth it. Um, so, uh, and clearly like, you know, bodybuilding, NPC, IFBB, like the time for self-policing is right now. We've gotta wake up and do this, okay? Um, while there's still the opportunity to do it yeah police yourself or someone's going to come in and police you and it's not going to be in a way that you want you gotta gotta wake up um lastly so let's let's transition from all that nonsense into something a little bit more interesting here i want to give a shout out to my client sierra (laughs) sierra how do you feel following up on the tales of all that crap oh my god um, but, uh, I wanted to lead with this, but I forgot, but I don't want to save it until the next episode. Right. So, um, Sierra just competed in the battle of Texas, which I think included the entire state of Texas competing in the show. Um, and, uh, did 
really, really well for being her first show. She competed in bikini. She finished in uh, she finished third in open class C, third out of eighteen, which especially in a first show. That's a big deal. Um, shout out also to uh, Marissa Gutierrez, um, who finished first in that class. Uh, Marissa, a former client of mine. I did not prep her for that show, but it's good to see her doing well also. Um, so congrats, Sierra. So third open class C. We scroll down here a little bit. Down, 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 down. Good Lord, where are we? Here we go. Novice class C, second out of 11. Whew. All right. And then the, the thing that I think is is really impressive here. Um, she didn't even compete in true novice because, you know, why? Um, but Masters over 35, first out of 24. Wow. Um, like that's a that's a Sierra. I don't know if Sierra's a podcast listener, to be honest. I would love to think that all my clients are, but I know that they all a lot of them have better things to do. But Sierra, if you're listening, that's a big fucking deal right there. <laughs> First out of 24 in Masters 35 in your first show is a big effing deal. Holy crap. You know what else is a big effing deal is this show in general. We had, I, I counted because I'm obsessive and I can't help myself. Um, we had 745 competitors in this show. That does include crossovers, but 745 people coming up on stage to get judged. Um Sierra, she messaged me all throughout the day on Saturday. We were in contact. I think um, pre-judging finished around 8 p.m. Pre-judging finished around 8 p.m. And I think she said that finals wrapped up around like somewhere between 1 and 2 a.m. So guys um, doing the Battle of Texas, this has got to be a two-day show. You can't do that to people. Um, this goes back to the fan experience as well. Like, what if anybody, they, they wanted to see, uh, like friends of Sierra, they wanted to go see her and they were told prejudging starts at like, you know, might be like one or two o'clock. Okay, cool. And they're sitting there and they, they get there at two because it's a pro show and the pros went first. Um, and so they get there and uh, they get there at two and they're sitting around and they don't see her on stage for five fucking hours. Like what a absolutely miserable fan experience, right? Um, there are really easy ways to to combat this. First, you got to make it a two day show, right? If you've got this many competitors in a in a show, you've got to make it two days. If it's pro am, you got to make it two days. Like let the pros and then figure out you know between men and women which of those is smaller and put them on the same day with the pros. Put the other group on the other day. The other thing, and this is kind of a big picture thing, and this this will be mentioned in the article that I'm writing as well, is we've got to do something about the way that these um, divisions are sorted out. So let's take a look here at... Um, what's a good example? There, there's several, but I think one of the best ones here is probably women's physique. So there were only, I think, like 17 women's physique competitors, something like that. There were 234 in bikini. Um, uh, 130 classic physique, 154 in men's physique, 234 in bikini. There was one in fitness, five in bodybuilding, 17 in women's physique. So first of all, it's like, man, do we need all these? I don't know. I feel like there's some consolidation that can happen here. Um, but uh, women's physique, class A, you got six competitors. Class B, you got one. What? I get that it's a height thing. I'm saying it needs to not be a height thing. What I what I mean is that you get everybody checked in for the show and you put them in classes afterwards. So you've got seven people, you could just put them all in one class, right? Um, yeah, they've got novice class A, novice class B, they're one each, give me a break, right? Like you, you don't need to do that. So don't say, okay, we're, we're, you don't have all of your classes set before the show, like figure out afterwards how many classes you really need. So if we look at bikini here, for example, um, so F has eight, E has 11, D has 10, C has 11, B has 14, A has 15. That's actually pretty, pretty even. Those are the novices, by the way. That's actually pretty even. Um, in open, F has nine, 
E has 13, D has 13, C has 18, B has 16, A has 17. That's not too bad, realistically. That's that's fairly reasonable. Look at figure, though. Class A has 14, Class B has 10, Class C has 4. Like you got 28 total competitors in those three classes. Um, I would like to see um, three classes that are like, you know, 9, 9, and 10. Um, cause everyone's going to get a slightly better look that way, you know, um, kind of, you know, make class a a little smaller, make class C a little bit bigger. Um, that's fair. Like the more manageable class size, you've got 14. It's like, okay. Eh. But if you've got four, it's like you get them all on stage at once. You look at them all. It's super easy. So you got to whittle down the class size. And the way to do it is let everybody register for the show. Let everybody check in. You've got everybody's height sorted out. And, and then you just literally put them in a spreadsheet and sort. And then you draw a line. Okay, well, it turns out, you know, class A isn't up to 5.1. Class A is actually, oh, up to 5.2.5. Okay. And then class B, it turns out by our sorting here, it's going to be above 5.2.5 up to 5.6. And then class C is going to be 5.6.5 and, and over or whatever. You know, you just sort it out. You draw the line so that you make the classes a little bit more even. And that way you don't get this thing where you've got to just, oh, it's luck of the draw. Who's going to be in my class? How many are going to be in there? And Because I've seen it where I, I think there was some class in here. I don't remember where it was. Um, you know, men's bodybuilding. You got two super heavyweights. You got eight heavyweights. You got nine light heavyweights. You got one middleweight. Now, in, in bodybuilding, they, you do have to do it by weight. That's fair. I get that. But in uh, the, the, well, the, and really, even that's just more of like a historical thing. Like those, those uh, classifications should be able to shift as well. So you're not necessarily trying to make weight. You're just coming in at the weight that's best for you, and they can sort you by that. So you're not going to have a 143 pound lightweight um, standing up right next to a 228 pound super heavyweight. Right, so you're still sorted. It's just the 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 sorting delineations are arbitrary, just like they would be with height. I think that's the way to do it, and you can still call it super heavy, heavy, light, middleweight. It's just you know, um, it's more variable, and they're just ordered in that way. So anyway, that's just another issue here. Main point. Congrats to Sierra. So. <laughs> Okay, that's what I got. That's been it for 215. I thank you all for joining me. Um, in the next couple episodes here, we're going to be coming at you from a different location. We're going to be back there. Things are going to look a little bit different as well. So I think we'll probably hit this again next week. I might take the following week off for Christmas. Uh, TBD. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. And we will catch you back in here, what, next week? Probably, yeah, next week. Um, I could use some ideas. So um, any topics that you want to uh, hit up here on the podcast, let me know. Uh, and like I said, uh, if there's anything that I missed as far as concerns for bodybuilding big picture that need to be a part of that article, please reach out and let me know. And if you have ideas for a video series for YouTube, also definitely please let me know. 